What is going on, everyone? Thank you for joining us this Thursday on Pardon the Disruption. I am your host, Matthew Potter, the self-proclaimed short sale king, hedge fund connection, co-founder of The Family Tree over at Real Brokerage. If I can help you out in any way, hit me up on Instagram at matthewpotter.com. Going to go ahead and get into how we do things around here. This is Pardon the Disruption, where there are six total questions. Out of those, five are predetermined that our wonderful panel already knows and is clearly informed on and done some research. And they will get 45 seconds to answer. Then we will chop it up for two minutes. And the best argument will be awarded a point. Um the sixth question will come from our audience. Uh, feel free to do that on YouTube, Instagram, any, and you can also text us at 33777-QUESTION. Um, real quick as well, I want to go ahead and give a shout out to our sponsor, Tony Javier with 10X TV. That is tvwithtony.com. Go ahead and check them out for all of your advertisement needs in media. We're going to go ahead and get into introducing our panel this week, our reigning champion coming to us from his lake house, R.J. Bates. You know, I'm getting used to going first by being the reigning champion. Um, last night, I was enjoying watching some uh, older PTT uh, highlights there where I, I let C.J. know about Job Morant before that happened. I let <laughs> Steve Train know that the Phoenix Suns were going to bomb out in the playoffs because of their trade for KD. I just, I really enjoy all of the sports questions since I'm always right. It looks like we have a couple coming up today, so it should be a great episode. Looking forward to uh, defending my championship. Awesome. We appreciate you starting right out of the gate talking some shit. We appreciate it. Next up, we have the mayor of York, Pennsylvania, Eric Brewer. Uh, happy to be here. Uh, I'm actually going to plug RJ. Uh, cause he didn't have time for his 50 deals and 50 States in 50 days. Also, um, little less known about Steve is doing 10 deals in 10 years. Um, so make sure <laughs> you tune in. Uh, the good news is you haven't missed a deal yet. So, um, just make sure that, uh, both of you get a chance, uh, to get some shine out of that, but happy to be here. Listen, I teach people how to do novations. Uh, I call it wholesale 2.0. So the new way of doing deals, um, look me up at brewermethod.com, but I'm, I'm ready to rock today. We're all down with EPP. Thank you, Brewer. All right. Next, next up, coming to us from Richmond, Virginia, Chris C.J. Jefferson. Introduce yourself, boss. Always a pleasure to be here. Uh, you know, every Thursday I look forward to seeing these, uh, these beautiful faces uh, right here. Uh, always. Uh, Charge Up University, it's good to be back. Uh, shout out to the UFAM. Uh, let's get into it today, man. Every Thursday at 245. <laughs> 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 imagine if y'all started on time. Imagine, imagine. <laughs> oh, man. Thank you for joining us today, CJ, with the non-crispy internet. We appreciate it as always. Last, certainly not least, Steve Trang. Introduce yourself. Uh, Steve Trang, uh, real estate disruptors, um, obsessed with everything sales. And, you know, I just want to give credit to RJ for having a good history, right? I mean, there's no one better at living in the past, I believe, than RJ Bates himself. <laughs> and uh, there was a great line by someone I look up to. And I believe his expression was, um, I have to give you a career to destroy it. So 
you know, just <laughs> loving my boy M out there. Thought that'd be an appropriate line right here. Looking forward to today. Awesome. Awesome. All right. We're going to go ahead and get into it with question number one. With Carmelo Anthony retiring after 19 years, how will your life look after you retire? Start us off, RJ. You know, this is an interesting question because I am so in the, the middle of my career and I'm so passionate about all the different opportunities that we have in front of us. I don't think I've really ever thought about what my life would look like in retirement. Um, I think it's going to be wanting to spend a lot of time with what will then be my my grown kids, um, enjoying traveling and, and kind of uh, finding new passions later in life. Um, I'm extremely passionate about what I do in real estate investing. So I don't know if that means we move on to something bigger and better, uh, like development or something on those lines. But I think at some point in time, you just have to find what you're passionate about at the moment and enjoy that. And that's kind of what my career has been up until this point. It's just finding uh, things that inspire me to wake up and, and just keep it going every single day. So I, I think it wouldn't be any different in retirement. Awesome. We appreciate that, RJ. All right. Next up, Brewer, what are you doing when you retire? Now, I think if you look at the dictionary definition of retire, it's the act of leaving one's job, ceasing to work. I'd like to think that the quote stands true that when you find a job or a career that you love, it never feels like work. I think at least 50% of the time, that's what my career feels like. It has its ups, it has its downs, but the majority of the time, it doesn't feel like what I would describe as work. So I think what will happen is I'll actually retire and continue to work. I'll be more selective about the things that I work on, but I generally don't see myself getting to a place to where I don't do something that generates a new relationship or some type of new source of quote unquote income. Um, so I think my retirement will actually look a lot like what my workday does now, probably just a little less activity. Awesome. Awesome. All right. I get it. I get it. All right, CJ, what about you? What's retirement look like? I think it's a great question. I, you know, for me, I think retirement's kind of simple, uh, spending time with my family, uh, at the time, uh, hopefully on the water somewhere with a boat in the dock, uh, and focusing on how I can, you know, achieve, you know, some sort of macro legacy for myself uh, and being a steward to others and, and helping other people. Uh, what that looks like, I don't know that I know that yet. But if I ever get to the point of true retirement, you know, that's me having a business that's self-sustainable uh, that I could walk away from and get dividends from and, uh, you know, still make a great income from it and, and continue to create opportunities for other people is, is kind of where I would be focused at at that time. Man, with 10 seconds to spare. Get it, CJ. I like it. All right, Steve, what about you? What's retirement look like? So in the Phoenix community, we have, you know, we're fortunate. We get to see some of these leaders, what they look like. And so for me, I've always looked up to Jerry Colangelo, right? Like uh, he was one of the owners of the Suns. He founded the Diamondbacks and so on. But outside of sports, he's always been a pillar uh, in the Phoenix business community. And for me, whether it's Phoenix or, or some something else, I would look forward to mentoring and guiding and helping other younger business owners and business leaders develop their business, uh, develop their prowess and contribute back to the community. So for myself, I look forward to helping other people 
blaze the same path that all of us here on this show have, have blazed for ourselves. <clears throat> Think about how much work Steve has to do to get to that point. I mean, how, do you have that many years, Steve? <laughs> I mean, I'm about two years away from being Jerry Colangelo. So, I mean, like looking at my age, I getting out of bed is not an easy feat, right? It is, it's work. So, so I, I, um, I agree with what Eric was talking about. I mean, in reality, if you could take it back to where this question came from, Carmelo Anthony, you know, this is a guy that's played basketball his whole life. I mean, do we really think that he wants to stop playing basketball or is it more that he just physically can't keep up with being there? And, and I think for us as entrepreneurs, we're blessed that we get to do what we have chosen to do with our lives the most part. I mean, some entrepreneurs, I guess they could be doing something that they don't want to be doing, but that's the benefit of being an entrepreneur. So why would we ever necessarily want to stop doing that? Well, we we wouldn't necessarily stop doing what we're doing. It would just be different, right? Like hopefully we've been able to create the kind of leaders around us where we won't have to be involved in a day-to-day minutia, right? Like, uh, and if we develop other businesses that is also ran by other business unit leaders. So I don't see myself like shutting anything down or walking away from it it would just be i'd be ideally in a consultative role and i would love to be able to do that again for other businesses as well i I wonder sometimes if if, and maybe i'm speaking for myself but i I wonder sometimes if people like us even really find true retirement ultimately at the end of the day i think that i know my personality can be a bit obsessive sometimes with the work and, and being passionate about the business real estate uh, and that's something that's ever evolving, ever changing. It's not ever going to stop just because one day, you know, we say or I say that I want to retire. Uh, so I think that's the scary part about being in an industry or a field where as long as you kind of got your mental wits about you, uh, you really could go about business. Right. Uh, so it, it's one of almost one of those businesses where you got to choose to hang it up. It doesn't choose to hang up for you. Right. There's no physical pullback like for Carmelo that stops him from being able to play stops us from being able to run a business. So I think that's the the tough part with it. I would argue last year, a lot of people got in our industry got forced into retirement. They didn't, they didn't choose retirement. Well, I think most of those people aren't retired. I think they, they got out of a business that they, they maybe didn't plan correctly for, or didn't want to weather the storm through. And I, and I think at least the ones that I know, uh, and a lot of them respectfully, all right, from Phoenix, Arizona, uh, they're not, uh, it's not like they just retired and, and moved to Bali and they're, they're meditating and doing hot stone yoga baths or something. Uh, they're in other industries trying to figure out how to do different things, make money different ways. So again, I think entrepreneurs, our minds just constantly tinker. We're constantly looking for things we can build, you know, strategize, you know, make revenue from. So, you know, I don't know if any of those guys ever got you. Yeah, I mean, we saw that when some of those guys were, you know, they retired last year, their minds kept turning. They turned to Forex trading. They turned to Amazon automation stores. I mean, it was amazing all the different things that they came up with. Yeah, but I was just saying that as far as like, you know, we (laughs) don't have to choose retirement, but Carmelo, right? Like retirement was forced upon him because he wasn't able to skill the right way. Right. Or yeah, he, could, he, he couldn't keep would, up with it. He would, would you, does, is there a level of entrepreneurship that Carmelo participates in? Does he have um, investments? Does he own other businesses? Is, so what you're seeing is he retired the basketball portion of his career as far as an active player. I would imagine he still actively works in some capacity. 
Um, whether that's being a spokesperson, he's starting up, he's got uh, a massive AAU program. Um, he's obviously got some type of sneaker and clothing deal that is, you know, pretty lucrative. So he shut down a portion of what he was doing that was physically probably um, not much of a decision anymore, but I'm, I'm pretty sure he's still active. Absolutely love this question. Love the answers. Um <clears throat> I mean, you guys all pretty much answered it the same. Like, you know, those that retire expire. Um, gonna give this round to uh, CJ. I look forward to uh, my invite to the boat down in Bali. Hot stone massages. Let's get it. <laughs> you already know, man. You already know. <laughs> shout, shout, shout out to Bali. I appreciate it. All right. Question number two. We have, what is one real estate hack every investor needs to know? Start us off, CJ. Uh, mine might be a bit unorthodox. I think that the first real estate hack, I think the first business hack that people should know before they go into business uh, is that there's no emotions in business. Emotions don't belong inside a business. Uh, and when I say that, I mean emotions around money. I think a lot of us, or a lot of people get into real estate, get into investing uh, with these hopes and dreams and grandiose plans of making all this money and doing all this stuff. And oftentimes I see people frequently make decisions based around their need for money uh, or the, the money they want to get out of different opportunities, conversations. Uh, I would just say be authentic, be organic. I mean, I, I think that's really the hack. Don't make your decisions based on your emotions, make them based on logic. Uh, and I think you can get far, uh, incredibly far uh, in this business doing so. You're not wrong there, boss. All right. What about you, Steve? What's your hack? Uh, I think for me, uh, it's this is kind of a time hack, a leadership hack. Um, it, it, it works in multiple ways, but you know, anytime someone asks you a question, like what should I do here? Just the same words every single time. Well, what do you think? Right? What do you think we should do? How do you think we should handle that? And when you do this, you don't have to be the answer person. You can they already have an idea on how to proceed, and you can save yourself a lot of time. You don't have to answer as many questions and you can get a lot more results because there are a lot of people out there that have perspective that you don't already have and they can bring that perspective to the table uh they talk about this in multipliers right if you can leverage the intelligence of everyone around you you could do a lot better than you trying to be the uh trying to be the answer man so what do you think we'll save you a lot of time a lot of hassle also a great life hack for marriage as well just gonna throw that one out there. <laughs> not for dinner. <laughs> nope, definitely not. All right, RJ, what about you? What, what's your life hack? Well, I, I think it's a real estate hack. So we're we're gonna go back to the that'll hack. that'll work uh, too. I'll allow it. Yeah, good thing our judge <laughs> knows the question. Um, <laughs> I start everything. With, start everything with no. Um, I think if you when you're talking to sellers, if you're coming across as if my answer is going to be no to buying your house. Um, if you're a fix and flipper, if you're a landlord, you're always starting off with the answer is no to buying new deals. You're then similar to what Steve was saying, you're putting the other person in the position as to why they're explaining to you that it's a good deal, why you should be buying it. Because in reality, even though we always wanna think that there's information out there that provides us enough to make solid decisions, more often than not, there's someone else out there that knows more about the deal, more about the situation that'll explain to you why you should proceed with it. 
So I think if you're always starting with no and allowing those other people that know more about the situation to explain it to you as to why you should proceed, that allows you to succeed more. That's a great life hack, RJ. I appreciate that. Thanks for the correction. Um, yeah, details. All right, Rur, what about you? What's your real estate hack? Um, I would actually combine what I think are two popular hacks. Everybody has, you know, they're, they're sort of, um, niche or focus that they want to talk about, whether it's, you know, buying a duplex with FHA money or finding someone with a 3% interest rate and buying a house subject to, um, and a lot of people talk about the value in relationships when you're, when you're getting started in real estate. Um, if I could go back and do it all over again, the hack that I would use is I would find where most investors end up, right? If you look at their career, they work their way up from single family. Then they do maybe a small multifamily deal. And then they either work up to like lending or doing bigger commercial industrial multifamily deals. I would go straight to the, the, the most lucrative, um, highest priced tag asset class there that exists and work for a mentor or, and, and, and not, you know, cause typically you, you, you want to learn on single family and work your way up. I think you go for the, the, Massive multifamily deals and work for somebody and learn. Um, that would be my hack. Find the most lucrative asset class possible. Do bigger deals that last a lifetime and do them alongside of someone. I could have sworn that when Eric started talking there, this was going to turn straight into a Brewer Method commercial. I just, I could have sworn <laughs> that's what was going to happen. Not at all. I think one thing that's not said too, that's uh, certainly a hack that, you know, I think more people should, and it's kind of piggybacks on what I'm saying about emotions. Uh, I think a lot of times when people emotionally don't ask for help for whatever reason, that's a hack. Uh, that's a real estate hack, a life hack, a business hack. Uh, ask people for help. Uh, for whatever reason, people get into this thing and it's, they're embarrassed about their situations, embarrassed about their financial circumstances, you know, whatever the case might be. And they just don't simply ask for help. I know that I've helped tons of people that have asked. I know that RJ has helped tons of people that have asked. Steve has, Potter has, Brewer has. Um, you'd be shocked how far you could just simply get asking somebody for some help. Yeah, the one thing we see a lot of the people that are super successful, and you wouldn't think it, right, if you listen to some of the, the I don't know, the, the general perception, but the most successful people I know are, are also some of the humblest, right? The humility to ask for help. It takes a lot to swallow your ego and get help from someone else. And if you can't do it, then... You've intentionally set a lid and cap for your for your own career and success. So yeah, I think if you listen to like what CJ just said and Steve, your original answer and what I said, I mean, I don't really know what Eric said, but the three of us, we were right. I mean, it's pretty much get <laughs> out of your own way. actually gave a pretty way. good answer. I'm shocked. <laughs> but <laughs> it's pretty much get out of your own way and allow other people to support you along your journey. I think that's like the number one hack. And I think, you see that time and again with people that are kind of spinning their wheels and struggling. It's more because they're trying to do everything. They're trying to be the, the person that knows all the answers. And it's like, at the end of the day, you're the reason why you're not succeeding. That was the first few years of my business, truthfully, right? It was that I wasn't coachable. I didn't need help, right? And that's the reason why I had such a slow start in my career. <laughs> Yo, I, he 
hit you with a buzzer 10 seconds <laughs> yeah, after the yeah. buzzer ball, you know? Just in case you thought about adding something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We like to have a little fun around here. What can I say? Um, all right. I, I got to say on this round, uh, I'm I'm going to buck the trend a little bit on what's going on in the chat over there. Um, going to give this one to Brewer. Uh, the two part. It was a great it wasn't a great. It was a great answer. Um, CJ, I do love you coming in with the point of and want to give you a shout out on this of. Hey, ask him for help. You'll go so much further, so much faster. All right. Real quick. Uh, let me go ahead and see what we got going on here. Question number three. With the news coming out about Bill Gates, when someone in your space is doing something unethical, how do you go about it? Start us off, bro. In our space, not so not in our employ, like in our space. Is that what we're saying here? Well, that's what the question is that I read. I'll say yes. your sphere of influence well, probably. Who's to say that that actually lines up with the intended question? You don't have exactly the, the best history when it comes to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving you an opportunity to clarify here. Um, I mean, I, I don't know, man. I think it's, you know, it's in our space at the end of the day. I try and keep my head down and focus on what I'm responsible for, what my people are responsible for. Um, and if it's happening outside of my organization, um, you know, uh, snitches get stitches. The last thing I want is to, to, to take any of my time and energy and focus on what somebody else is doing. Um, all it's going to do is take away from the energy and focus that I should have on leading my people and achieving the things that we said we were going to get done that day, that week, and that month. Um, when something like happens inside of your organization, um, you got to eliminate it immediately. But outside of, of, of what's going on in, in, in my, you know, uh, team, I, I could care less. All right. All right. Next up, CJ, what about you? Yeah, I don't know that it's my job to, you know, be the industry police. I think that lack of ethics is rampant uh, in a in a business like real estate at the end of the day. I mean, there's just so many variables that that there's so many lines that somebody can tiptoe between being ethical and being unethical. So I don't know that it's my responsibility to police that, at least publicly. But I do know that when it comes to my student base, my community, uh, I'm often having conversations with them, not necessarily about specific individuals, but just about different things that people may be teaching, different things that people may be saying or doing uh, that are that are tiptoeing that line, that are borderline, are, are full-blown unethical. And so I do think there's a responsibility there as an influencer, as a leader with the community to do that. Uh, but, uh, you know, look, I'm not looking to go live or make a bunch of videos online about you know, other people and what they've got going on, because, you know, often what I've realized as well is you don't always have all sides of the story. Uh, and oftentimes people that are doing that, uh, their, their intent is certainly questionable uh, as to why they're doing it as well. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Steve, what about you? What are you doing with the uh, unethical people? So in the times in the past where this has occurred, um, I have at times reached out to the individual and called them to get clarification. Like, Hey, here's what I've heard. Here's what I've heard. You know, can you just share with me your side of the story and depending how it went, unfortunately, it usually was accurate. I just removed them from my life. I just delete them, right? Block them on social media, delete them from my contacts. I want nothing to do with a person without ethics, right? 
we've got too many things going on. There's too many things we're involved with. We can't be, we can't have this negative energy, energy hold us back or drag us in any way whatsoever. So for me, if you're doing anything, anything unethical, you just remove from my life because there's no place for it in my life. Don't do the blackmail thing. It's a, fa it's a fascinating perspective as well, but we don't do that. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. All right, RJ, what about you? What are you doing with the uh, unethical individuals? Yeah, I have a pretty tight knit circle as it is. So to, to Steve's point, I don't think that I'm going to be too concerned about someone in my circle doing something unethical. But if I, if it is inside my inner circle, I'm reaching out immediately. I'm seeing if this is true or not. And uh, if, if it is, then and it's to the extreme of what Bill Gates is being accused of doing here, then yeah, you're being removed. Um, inside of the industry, if it's someone that maybe I had on my podcast or someone that I've known or done deals with, uh, for the most part, I'm probably just going to stay silent and keep my head down and continue down my path. What, why do I need to reach out and make some public statement or something like that? I don't think it's necessary or to dogpile on somebody uh, for doing something wrong. I, I think there's more than enough people there that will take care of that and I don't need to be a part of it. I need to be focused on what I'm doing. Yeah, to what Steve said, I know when I hear things about people that I do know personally, uh, which you know does tend to happen, uh, my first instance is to try to give that person some grace, uh, give them a call, uh, have a conversation with them about it, you know, hear what they have to say. Uh, business is weird uh, in the sense that it doesn't matter how many business classes you take or if you got your MBA or, you know, whatever. You're not going to know everything about how to run a business uh, in all facets. Uh, and I think people do a lot of times early in their business career sometimes make mistakes or tiptoe those lines uh, before they know. Uh, but it does, it does go back to what I said in the last question about emotionally reacting around money as well. Oftentimes when people are acting unethical or doing unethical things, it's based around an, an emotional attachment to a need for money uh, that causes them to do these things. So sometimes things do warrant a conversation, but uh, I agree with Steve. They're never in my life again after that, for sure. CJ, I was hoping, that, I was hoping heard... CJ was going to fly out and put his hand on the shoulder, but we weren't going to get that again. <laughs> yeah, well... I've actually heard that the first thing that CJ does is when he knows someone did something unethical and it's going to negatively impact their business, he offers them affordable housing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, look, if they're doing something bad in their business, they might uh, they might need it at that point for sure. Exactly. Come down to the Richmond VA, baby. <laughs> I think I think that's more of a York PA vibe. <laughs> it is very affordable here. <laughs> love it. Hey, Eric, did RJ, you know RJ uh, tried to sell me a house for five grand and I passed? Did you know it was the first capital of the United States? <laughs> I did. <laughs> I think as many people know that as watch the hockey playoffs on Tuesday night. <laughs> Four, and two of them are on this call. <laughs> Oh man. All right. I'm taking that one. I'm taking this one to the, uh, to the, uh, to the chat. The main reason why is I have some, I don't know. I got a conflict here, so I'm taking it to the chat. CJ's being because awarded the point. It's not because of my lack of ethics. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> uh, I was just confused. <laughs> I was just concerned. That's all. 
<sighs> Anyways, I'm going to toss it over to Steve so that he can go ahead and give you this important announcement. Wow. All right, so today's show is sponsored by 10XTV or TVWithTony.com. Do you want to get inbound leads calling you and get celebrity status in your market? Look no further than Tony Javier's 10XTV. Uh, Tony has been doing TV commercials to find consistent, motivated sellers for over a decade. It is one of the things that's allowed him to do over a thousand flips. He will use his proven TV commercial formula to get high quality leads calling you and even set it up for you. So get in front of 10 times more people, 10 times faster, 10 times cheaper with 10 times more credibility than any other marketing channel. Surprisingly, TV has little to no competition and can get you a steady flow of motivated seller leads. If you want to see why over 100 real estate investors use TV to uh, use Tony to run their TV commercials, go to tvwithtony.com. To see there's a spot available in your market, again, go to tvwithtony.com. And if you didn't ever catch it, uh, the Real Estate Disruptors episode, uh, Tony does go really deep into how that whole process works. Go check that out if you are curious. Awesome. Thank you, Steve. All right. Next up, excited about this question. I think we should get some good banter on it. Should I take on a partner that does something that I don't like to do or I have been unsuccessful at? For example, a wholesaler adding a construction partner for fix and flip. Go ahead and start us off, CJ. Yeah, I had a couple of partners early on in business. Uh, the first two failed miserably. Uh, the third one was incredibly successful. When I reflect back on the two that failed miserably uh, and, and compare, uh, the first two I had, we did things very similarly. We had similar skill sets. We, we had similar ways that we were trying to, you know, take on tasks inside the business. Uh, and it just led to bumping heads. It led to us stepping on each other's toes. Uh, it ultimately started leading to differences in perspectives as well. Uh, and I think ultimately people who try to partner with people that seek other people that do or have the exact same skill set as them, uh, for some reason, it's like they almost, and I'm saying this about myself early, like lacked a, had an insecurity around decision-making in the things that they are supposed are, are good at. Uh, I think partner with somebody that has uh, opposite superpowers than you or different superpowers than, than you that can be combined in an effort uh, to grow and scale and move the business forward and cover all bases is 110% the way to go. Awesome. Love that answer, CJ. All right, Steve, what about you? Uh, I'm going to uh, copy RJ's answer. I'm going to start with no. Right. I mean, just generally speaking, there's very, very few people that will actually have a successful partnership. Most partnerships end poorly. Right. So I would say that the quick answer is no. You should hire out the areas you're not good at. Right. That's that's my short answer. Long answer. If you're going to do it, you got to get divorced on paper before you even start. You have to have really clear expectations and accountability. Who's responsible for what? How do we hold you accountable if you fail to meet? what you said you were going to do. Uh, one thing we talked about is having, is having 70, 30 partnerships where the person in the 70 is the one that's doing all the work and 30% is more of the consultant, uh, consultant role or the supporter role, right? There's a few different ways to look at this, but my short answer is hell no. That's adamant hell no from Steve. We, we appreciate it. All right, RJ, what about you? I completely agree with Steve. Absolutely not. This, first of all, CJ did not even answer the question. I mean, he just <laughs> went down a rabbit trail of like, I'm going to talk about something else. Okay. It says, do you take on a partner on something that you don't like to do or you're unsuccessful at? So let me get this straight. I'm going to go to this person. I'm going to say, 
hey, I really suck at flipping houses. Do you want to be my business partner? What <laughs> value are you bringing to the table here? That It's not about similar skill sets. You can have someone with a different skill set, but still be successful at it. And so, no, I do not think that you should strive to go out and find someone to be your business partner just so you can be good at something that you currently suck at. I don't see how you could add value to that situation. I do not think that's a, a plan for success whatsoever. All right. Next up, Brewer, who are you adding? I would say for shock value, the answer could be yes. But if you have to ask this question, it should certainly be no. The only people that that really thrive in partnerships have a track record of at least two to 12 of those failing miserably. And what they realized was it wasn't in concept that partnerships don't work, is that if they're new in business or to RJ's point, if they suck at that particular business, they're probably going to suck at being a partner because they don't know how to work in a business. They don't know how to run a business. They don't know how to, to manage a partnership. So I would say, yes, you, you, not in that context though. If, if you're trying to hire one particular or partner with one particular area of your business that you suck at uh, a good friend of mine, Tom Kroll said, don't partner where you can hire. And construction is an area where you can hire and have predetermined roles and responsibilities. It doesn't work out. You terminate them and you just go and hire a new position. Partnerships don't work like that. So in the beginning, no. As you elevate in your career, I think partnerships are a great way to shorten the learning cycle um, and the waiting sort of period to, to, to getting to that next level. I want to, if you don't mind, I want to think, hold on a second. If you don't mind, RJ, I want to thank, uh -oh. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. I want to thank Eric first, you know, just, <laughs> We'd be, you know, business owner to business owner. Like, I, I understand that you get it. All right. Uh, when you talk about partnership, only the RJ Bates of the world, maybe sometimes the Steve Trangs of the world, look at it as, oh, I'm a wholesaler. You're a fix and flipper. Let's partner together. That's retarded. That doesn't make any sense. When people look at partnerships, you look at perspectives and skill sets. All right. If I'm very processed, I mean, this is why every org chart and uh, every real estate coaching program, what does it have at the top? visionary integrator it doesn't say wholesaler fix and flipper it's it's about skill sets perspectives and how you can manage those skill sets and implement them into a business partnership for success it's just not i don't think it's always a blanket no i don't have a partner anymore i haven't for over 10 years i don't want to have a business partner again uh potter i did see you kind of take a step back when steve had that abundant or that very firm no uh, just know that it's love over here at Charged Up. Holler at me if you need to. You know the vibe. <laughs> All right. Uh, but, you know, RJ, RJ, it doesn't have to be a firm. No, it's not about uh, it's not about what your career is. Right. <laughs> what your job title is on your business card. It's partnerships are about emergence of skill sets. Bro, you're you know, your answer is so god awfully bad when you start quoting traction. OK. Like, you, we've got the visionary, we've got the integrator. Like, thank you. Okay, Gino, we appreciate it. But let's get back to the question over here. Okay. And as, as someone that when I became an entrepreneur, I, I started with a partner and she's still my partner. Okay. But I've had failed partnerships along the way. And what it was is, is that me and Cassie have been partners in multiple different businesses. Some of those businesses failed. Some of them have succeeded. And the reason why is because together we made a good partnership. Maybe the business was not right for us, 
but the partnership to your point, CJ skill sets. Okay. Different skill sets work together, but that's not what this question is about. This is saying, Hey, if you're unsuccessful at doing a business, should you go find a partner to be uh, the, the person that brings would the you, success? Would you there? not say that there's things that you're probably more unsuccessful at when you attempt to do it than Cassie is and vice versa? Absolutely. But that's not the question. The question is, is if me and Cassie were not good general contractors, should we now go find another partner to be our partner in our general contracting business? Well, I think I think that could make sense, RJ, in the context of the question, like a pro, like a project, right? Like it could make sense to partner up with a general contractor for a particular project. People do this all That's the time in business. Chris shows up leading at two thirty-five, and then he reads the questions as Matt's doing the intro. Right? It's like kind of a little bit of slack, right? He's not reading the questions. He's not informed. The most authentic answers on here every freaking week, man. Ask the chat. Where's Leon? Can we get Leon back? RJ, RJ jumps up here and let everybody say no. He's he's up here. You know what RJ sounded like earlier? When they were talking about Ja Morant's apology from Chat GBT? That's that, that was RJ earlier. I mean, he literally said no, but is the only person that has a partner. <laughs> I mean <laughs> I didn't, shout out I to, didn't bring shout out to Cassie, question. man. Shout out to Cassie. Explain man. that. Because I didn't bring her on because I said, hey, I suck at running this business. Can you come run it for me? You didn't say it, but you felt that way about something. That's why you brought her on. That's what CJ was saying. You just didn't acknowledge what she's good at and you suck at. Your pride got in the way. Right. Different skill sets, not different businesses. question was, should you bring someone on on a business? No, that was not the question. That was an example doofus the question was <laughs> something that i don't like to do or have been no, calling out names. hey there is no room for name calling at on this the show. end Come of the question respectfully respectfully no, Come on, Potter. Hey, we, 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 look, man, we've we've learned about those dfw schools man we, we've That's seen like someone asking me if you should shave your head and i was like adamantly not <laughs> <laughs> and here i am like with a baldy RJ's like, no, you're right, Steve. No way. Cassie, you want Alaska for me? You can't say no and just be like hypocritical. In the context of the question. So I support your partnership. Your answer just should have been a conditional yes. I can't wait for Potter to judge this. Come on. Bring it down, Potter. <laughs> Bro, like, all right. First off, um, what was the I question? Think, Go ahead and <laughs> pre pretty much. Um, hey, I, I mean, uh, Potter, before you before you judge, <laughs> it, please, please. Can, well, do you well, mind reading? Do you mind please. reading the question that was yeah, asked I, just one time I, for RJ? Please? I, I, I will. I will do that. There's there's a lot going on here, so I'm gonna start with that. So here was the question: <laughs> Should I take on a partner that does something that I don't like to do or I'm unsuccessful at? For example a wholesaler adding a construction partner to add flipping to the business. So are we, now, are we, are we understanding this right? That RJ took an example and then attached made it, it and question. he made it the question. Is that he what He made happened? it a quick example. There's, there's, <laughs> there's, I just want to, I just want to be clear, Potter. I just want to make sure I understood I, it right. What's I, the trample? <laughs> Jesus. I think there's, I, I think there's a lot that's been mixed. Um, You know, oh. one of the, one of the other things, like, dude, I, I don't know. I may call an audible on this. Like, 
Did my wife's in the chat saying that's how her and I partnered up and we each had unique skill sets and then I used unethical tactics and tricked her into marriage and more kids. <laughs> so I, I don't know. She might be right on that one. Lee, Leon over here. I don't know. We, we may we may give it there. Um, this is the thing I'm going to say. Number one, I told you guys at the beginning of this that I was really excited for this question because I knew that you guys would not disappoint. Um, I think everybody has a good argument on this. I really honestly do. Um, I'm going to – shit, I don't know. Here, I, <laughs> I, I don't even know if the chat got it right because the chat show, shows RJ and CJ. Bro, you know. Potter, just trust your instincts, bro. You're, you're, you're in charge of this for a reason. Dude, I'm don't in charge of this pirate ship, bro. Don't worry like, about this... what anybody says. You do Look you. Look at the guy bro. go for the clothes. Look at the guy well, go for I, the clothes. I love how I love how Brewer just like gave me, you know, the the emotional support I need here. Um, <laughs> right, let me bring in the NBA here. So let me bring in some let me let me bring in some NBA topics so I get the point here. Hang Ooh. on a second. Oh, well, no. God. No. <laughs> well, we got hockey next, so you know. <laughs> We're all gonna Signing be very out. informed on that. Signing one. out. <laughs> Um, all right. So the, so this is the thing. Um, I'm gonna just go ahead and throw, throw this one caution to the wind. Um, I'm taking a page when I don't know what the answer is. I just go to my wife and she says it's between C, uh, CJ and RJ. So you guys both get a point that round. That's how we're going to do it. She said Whoop. CJ and Eric. Did CJ and Eric. Oh, CJ and Eric. My bad. CJ and Thank Eric. You. Appreciate you. Hey, shout out Mrs. Potter. <laughs> RJ, get back yeah. over here. What is happening? What the All hell right. Did you... <laughs> he didn't even give a real answer. Do a All right. Check on Cassie. He just threw something across the room. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here we go. Question question number uh number five. With the Florida Panthers reaching the Stanley Cup as an eight seed, how do you finish a year strong despite having a slow start? Start us off on this one, and we'll go with Eric. I'm going to pass. I do not answer hockey questions. I don't want this to show up on any of my content. I don't want to ever be lumped into that category. Um, so, yeah, I'm a solid pass. I, I don't do hockey, bro. <laughs> All right, CJ, what about you? What the puck? Can you answer this for us? You know, it's – uh Steve mentioned I don't generally look at the questions until, you know, right before the, the show starts. Um, I thought it was Carolina Panthers originally, but I, I guess it's the Florida That's Panthers. football. That's football. Uh, yeah, wherever these people are located at in Florida, shout out to the Florida <laughs> Panthers organization. All right. Uh, but, <laughs> look, you know, if, you, if you're starting slow and you got to finish strong, I mean, is that not life? Uh, is this not all about starting off slow at whatever you're trying to do, whatever you're trying to accomplish? You're Steve Trang, uh, and you're terrible at the business when you first start. You don't know what you're doing. Uh, you think you're this intelligent engineer, and you come into this world of real estate, and you're like, why are all the successful people not as smart as me? Uh, or you're R.J. Bates. All right, you start off with a head full of hair, uh, a, a nice beard, all right, and you're just frolicking, running around DFW. Uh, trying to figure it out. And eventually you start buying golf courses uh, and doing, you know, uh, absurdly long YouTube live streams uh, for 50 <laughs> days straight. Uh, you just figure it out. You know, if you're EB, uh, you want to dominate York PA for whatever God forbidden reason. Who knows, right? You 
you, you, you just do it. It takes time. Everything's always slow to start. Uh, nothing starts fast. Uh, so you just keep going and making it happen and you finish it strong. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you for <clears throat> contributing there. Unlike Eric, we appreciate it. All right. <laughs> All right, Steve, what about you? Um, I think ultimately everything rises and falls with leadership, right? So I think that someone's got to take charge. Someone's got to say this is unacceptable. Someone's got to lead by example and demonstrate what's possible. So I don't know the story of what happened with the Panthers, mostly because it's hockey. But, you know, <laughs> what, what you do is you have a conversation with your team and you get everyone aligned. You figure out why they're there, right? Why are they showing up to your office every day? Figure out what the challenges are. Help them remove those obstacles and lead them to the path so that we can be successful. So I think ultimately, again, everything rises and falls leaderships. You got to give them the resources, the environment for them to succeed. And I'm glad the Panthers, Panthers were able to figure that out. That was a really well thought out answer. We appreciate it, Steve. Thank you for bringing some semblance of normalcy to the show. All right, RJ. <laughs> We know we know that this is up your alley. What what you got for us, brother? Yeah, he's got his hockey skates on right now. Man. Yeah, <laughs> he I was actually right excited now. when I saw this question because there's there's a lot that goes into this. Um, <laughs> last year, the Florida Panthers were the best team in the regular season throughout the entire NHL, um, but they lost in the first round of the playoffs. And their leadership, their general manager, their ownership team decided that we need to make changes. And they made a blockbuster trade by trading Jonathan Huberdeau to the Calgary Flames for Matthew Kachuk. And that kind of was a, that was a, a huge move uh, in the NHL. And early on in the season, I think you have to give credit to both their coach, Paul Maurice, and their general manager for not making changes because they were one of the worst teams early on in the season. And I think you saw the chemistry come about. You saw the, the players, the leaders, Kachuk and their goalie, uh, Bobrovsky, really step up. And and what they've done is pretty unprecedented. Jokes aside, I mean, this is like going back to when the Golden State Warriors beat the Dallas Mavericks in the first round of the playoffs, yet they've made it all the way to the championship game. It's unheard of for an eight seed to do that. And I think it's a shout-out to the leadership, their coach, the general manager, but also the players, like, not giving up on the season – and digging down in the trenches to make it. And I think as businesses, we could do the same thing. Uh, you know, as owners, we have to have faith in the people that we brought in, allow them to develop that chemistry as a team together, and then eventually uh, hold them accountable to get the results that are desired. So I it's think it's awesome that like RJ just kind of said exactly my answer, but way more words. Kind of like <laughs> could be his life. best answer ever, but. <laughs> The least interesting somehow. It was like <laughs> if you could loop like just the letters NHL somehow into every question, I think you would get a different level of participation from me. That was a, a great answer on a horrible topic. It's like if a tree fell in a forest and nobody heard it was a person. Yeah, I thought I thought that was RJ's best best answer. Really solid. I mean, I know he was yeah, he, I know he's been watching studying old PTD episodes. I think he'd even agree uh, that this was his best answer ever uh, since that we, you know, since we've been doing this, it honestly, it kind of felt like, uh, you know, like in kindergarten uh, when the teacher hands the paper out and it's got like that mini quiz, you know, for, on the test. And there's that one where it's like, Hey, write your own question. 
right? And so you just write your own <laughs> question. It's like it's the free point. It's the free point question. Uh, you know, RJ just named I think eight people, if I'm not mistaken. Sh- shout out to the goalie from the Florida Warriors, Boobin Chapsky. <laughs> yeah, I mean, by the way, <laughs> what a big creative heard of. What a big people. Nobody's heard of these people. You can name you can name the best team and the best player uh, in tennis. You can name it in golf. They can even name it in swimming. Yeah, in yeah. swimming. But we don't. I mean, swimming. So you've never you've look, never heard of Connor McDavid. Let, let's yeah, let's go back to swimming here. Look, I'm glad. I'm glad that CJ brought up swimming, right? Mm-hmm. Because for me, as he was explaining his answer, I just went back to Dory, and just keep swimming. That's what wow. that's what I heard Chris's answer was. It's just keep swimming. Just keep swimming, man. Just keep skating, bro. <laughs> <laughs> just keep skating, bro. I'm with hey, RJ. RJ, I'm winning this week. Just keep skating, bro. I want right. everyone to know with as much shit as CJ's taught this week, he misspelled his own name when he came in and signed on. What I'm looking at is a misspelled Jefferson. And this hey, guy guess what? ended up winning. <laughs> Hey, guess what? I forgot to put the third on there, baby. Let me log out and come back in and put the third at the end of it, man. See you next week. <laughs> if you're logging back in, it'll be Wednesday at midnight. Oh. Wow. Um, certainly did not disappoint. Took, took us a little while to warm up today, but clearly we've hit our stride. Um I, I think everybody on the panel can agree that uh, RJ took the point on that. I mean, he named more hockey players than any of us combined could probably come up with. I think I think the most famous hockey player I know is Happy Gilmore. So, you know, that's about where we're at with Keith it. Kachuk. I keep thinking it's Keith Kachuk, but it's not. Is it, I, I, don't, I don't know. There we go. All right. See, it's, it's the age gap between Steve and RJ. Yeah. All right. Question number six comes from uh, our audience, and um, I'm I'm excited for this one. It's a great question. If you wanted to be as successful as Potter, how would you need to adjust your life? Start us off, RJ. I mean, the real sixth question is, is if you had to choose between wrestling and orangutan with a sword <laughs> once a year or a chicken <laughs> once a day to get in your car, what would you choose? And clearly an orangutan. That's what you would do. Because clearly we cannot have a question about how successful Potter is. I mean, the best thing Potter's ever done in his life is be a below average (laughs) of a real estate debate podcast. Okay. This is the best. This is his moment right here. Am I muted? I think I just got muted. Am I muted? That's a business partner with a different skill set, it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. He's still going. Um, absolutely f- fake news. No points will be awarded for that. That was terrible. And, RJ, like, correct me if I'm wrong. Did you not send in the chat to everybody that you looked at those old episodes when you were brushing up on PTD rules and things, and you said, thank God that you are the host and not Steve? Yeah, I did. I did. Oh. <laughs> better than Steve Train doesn't say a whole lot, though. Hey, look, I'm I'm I was just an trying, excellent I'm, judge of my own answers. I feel like Steve won the first three episodes. All right, Brewer, what about you? If you want to become this is a, a real question, it is. It's question number six. Let's go. 40, 45 seconds. Audience participation. Come on, people. Audience, we can Please do better. Please repeat than this it. Question. Um, if you wanted to 
be as successful as Potter, how would you adjust your life? First off, grow a beard. Go. Shout out retirement. Um, <laughs> I'd have to either be in like a devastating car accident and lose most of my cognitive ability. Um, be partially set on fire and have someone put it out with an ice pick. And then um, just, you know, basically check out, turn off the news, probably watch a bunch of hockey, um, comb my beard with my fingers throughout the day and pick up Steve Trang's sloppy seconds. And then if I did that, I'd have a good plan. And then I just, as long as I got up every day and kept skating, I'd be fine. No pun intended. None. <laughs> wow. Um, it, if anything, Eric, clearly Eric doesn't know. It would be just keep swimming, but okay. Swimming. All right, CJ. Women. <laughs> All right, CJ. What about you? What are you do? What are you doing <laughs> to be I'm as successful gonna, as me? Yeah, I would just I'd take everything EB just said, and I'd I'd quickly you False. know initially implement that, <laughs> um, and then and then I think what I'd do next is I'd I'd get a wife. Right, I'm not married. I'd get a wife. All right, uh, this is supportive as I see. Miss Potter, shout out to Miss Potter. Supportive as I see Miss <laughs> Potter, uh, week after week, day after day, uh, she's cooking this guy's meals. All right, uh, and he, 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 look, we've got similar body shapes. Mine's a bit better, but uh, you know, I can tell he's he, he's he's eating every day. All right, he's he's taking down full plates for sure. All right, uh, so I I I get that type of setup going, you know, um, and I and I'd have a wife that I could bounce these things off of that seems that, that Potter has been able to do successfully. Uh, and, and shout out to Miss Potter. Uh, I would do the same thing that it, it appears that, that Potter does. I'd take the credit uh, and, 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 and I'd let everybody pat me on the back, think that I'm highly intelligent when in reality, I'm just regurgitating what my wife told me at home uh, every day. All right. That's exactly I'm like CJ's three business partnerships. <laughs> uh, uh i love <clears throat> i love that you touch on that cj shout out to my lovely wife nicole who's making a peach cobbler cheesecake tonight that oh. nobody will be getting any of because you guys are all just terrible terrible people steve Gee. what about you uh so i've had the good fortune to work with matthew for many many years now and i would say that Matthew's biggest asset is one that I am completely lacking and it's focus, right? Like how many people do we know proclaim to still do short sales? The guy's been riding this train since 2009, right? Seven. <laughs> yes. Like this is the hedgehog concept for short sales. So uh, I would say <laughs> focus. Like, the guy is incredibly focused. He's figured out what he's good at and he just does that day in day out doesn't add a ton of variety i'll say hey matt what do you think about this is like uh i don't know and then i'll go do it anyway hey matt i'm thinking about doing this like i don't know about that and then i'll go do it anyway right so i would say for matthew from what i've seen and witnessed i was i would say it's focus and then making a good business decision and marrying nicole because she clearly keeps him out of trouble so going back about a month ago when i talked about the hedgehog concept steve just now admitted that i am clearly right <laughs> 
So no, it was dumb that. when you said it. It made Go sense now, but it was Jason's dumb when you explained it. That. But <laughs> we don't really have anything to debate here because Steve's going to get skating. the point because he was the only one nice. I have a question. If your toilet was alive, would you prefer it to love your shit or despise you for it? <laughs> Think about that for a second. What do you want? <laughs> All right. I guess on, I guess Eric, RJ is, is, is trying to be our next host, our next judge. He's trying, he wants his he wants his opportunity back. He, he's getting, he's getting that episode. He, He's getting one on June sixth. I'm gonna I'm gonna be with my wife actually on our anniversary trip. So RJ can host. Um, yeah, all right, all all great answers except for Brewers. Like that was a little unnecessary. We took it a little too far there. Um, <laughs> so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie though. Like I I appreciate everything CJ said after he agreed with Brewer, um, but. We're gonna go ahead and give that round to Steve. Clearly, you know he he knows. Like he's got a little bit of insider information on me over here. So, way way to finish uh, strong, Steve. We appreciate it. That being said, returning to the winner's circle, we have Chris C.J. Jefferson. Appreciate appreciate you uh, bringing good answers this week compared to you know the last couple of weeks prior to that. Real yeah, quick, no, I appreciate you guys dealing with me today, man. I had to. Um... Yeah, I had to take some time to boot my internet up so I could show it professionally, uh, so I can make sure I answered all questions clearly. Um, you know, I, I, I'll be honest, though, real quick, if you don't mind, Potter, before you close, on that last question, when Steve, you know, when he went with the W-2 answer, you know, with Matthew, uh, <laughs> you know, I think me and EB kind of already felt the vibes a little bit about what was going on there. Uh, so shout out to, to Steve uh, as well. All right. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to people that still use the term boot up my internet. <laughs> it's throwback Thursday all of a sudden. Uh, that's on fleek, that booting up stuff. No, I'm just waiting to get a shed like RJ. Uh, so that the, the, the internet can match my surroundings. And then you can I'll still hear, you can still hear the modem when Chris dialed. T111's expensive. I wouldn't <laughs> knock that stuff. That arm and a leg for that paneling right now. Well, I think he's. Uh, I think he, he. I think he's doing like the deadliest catch, where they catch like that wild Alaskan salmon, uh, and they set, they go sell it for high pricing, man. So I, I think it's working out for him. He's probably got a good. Business, he probably got a good business partner for that. Shout out to Cassie, man. Shout out to Cassie. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. All right. I want to thank everybody for tuning in this week. Extra special thanks to my wife for putting that in the chat and making it question six. Um, that being said, thank you everybody for tuning in. We do want to give a shout out to our sponsor. We have Tony Javier with 10X TV, TV with Tony.com. Go ahead and check him out for all of your commercial needs. Um, we're going to go ahead and let everybody send their outro. Start us off. CJ. Shout out to Tony Javier and 10X TV. Uh, shout out to all my fellow panelists. Uh, most especially, shout out to RJ Bates. Uh, you know, it's great to have the most victories on the show uh, since we started this thing. Um, and I, I look at the questions the least. All right. Uh, shout out to my guy Potter. Shout out to Mrs. Potter as well. Uh, always a pleasure on Thursdays. Charge of University. Much love. Beautiful, beautiful. All right. Next up. 
Steve, go ahead and say bye to the people. Uh, fun show again, as always. I I kind of feel bad sometimes for RJ. You know, it seems like people pick on him for no reason whatsoever, but it is still incredibly fun to do so. Uh, just keep skating. Uh, we launched our sales community last week. Uh, if you guys haven't checked it out, go to salesdisruptors.com. We have everything we've ever recorded uh, inside our uh, community. So if you want to be hanging around with other sales assassins, I highly recommend you guys go there. Check it out right now. Awesome. Thank you, Steve. We we appreciate it. I appreciate the love on the last question. First five, not so much. RJ, start it. Go ahead and say bye to the people. Yeah, you know, anytime CJ wins, it always just makes me question where we are um, <laughs> in humanity, really. Um, it's amazing that people repeatedly get points just repeating something that I said like three weeks prior and Potter was like, good try, RJ. We're going to give that point to CJ. Um, <laughs> no, a fun episode. Um, again, uh, you know. Hope you guys you know paid attention to my answers today. Um, they'll come back in about a month here at the correct ones. So uh, come check us out on my YouTube channel, RJ Bates the Third. Fifty deals, fifty states, fifty days. Today's day twenty. So appreciate you guys. Awesome, thank you, RJ, and we look forward to you having the correct answers for shows in June, July. Awesome, Eric. Go ahead and say bye to the people. Signing off from York, Pennsylvania the first capital of the United States. Look it up. <laughs> Excited to follow Steve and his journey. Um, one deal a year for the next 113 <laughs> years. Excited to see CJ got the U, put the U in USB this week and got his, uh, his internet working. And, uh, you know, RJ clearly, I mean, honestly got robbed today. He had the best answers to the examples I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, if he can move that over to the questions, uh, I think he'll, he'll get more votes. But I mean, my man absolutely slayed the examples today. So um, it's really hard, actually. Go home and try to answer an example. It's like, it's hard. It's not even really a question. How do you do that? So, Eric, anyway, I'm excited to be here and look forward to being back next week. Eric, <laughs> do you want your toilet to love you or not? <laughs> I'm big on relationships, so I'd have to go with, with love me. Maybe there could be a partnership there down the road. I don't know. The, the, those are called relationships right there. Oh! <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for subscribing to go ahead and get in the chat on YouTube. We appreciate the support and the love. We look forward to doing this every Thursday for you guys. And also, you know, nice little mental break for us. We will see you next week. Hope you guys have a good one.